episode 335 of the Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Eternals, Marvel Studios' latest outing and the most divisive outing that they've had yet. What will he think about it? You'll just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 335 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. I hope uh, your day or night uh, is just super swell, <laughs> and uh, hopefully, um, you know, whatever you're doing while listening to this, hopefully I can make this show entertaining for you. So, And uh, before we begin the episode, if you guys could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to. That would be much appreciated. You guys are the best. This week's episode, super excited to go into it. Uh, we're going to be talking about Eternals, uh, Marvel Studios' latest outing and also most divisive one I've seen on the internet. I will just kind of give you guys my thoughts on that here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, that will be the main topic of conversation. It will be a non-spoiler review. And then I will uh, uh, end the show if if you don't want to hear spoilers. And I'll get into spoilers. And then I'll basically just do a second ending um, but uh, that is how the show will be structured, so it will definitely be segmented off, so no spoilers will come your way without any warning. So that is uh, that's what's going on. But um, first of all, how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good. We're in November. Where did 2021 go? It's just one of those things to where I still remember being in our old house in January, at the beginning of the year. Now it's at the end of the year. And next year will be 2022, another year will have passed, another birthday will be celebrated, and I'll just get older. Welcome to the world, right? Uh, but no, it's just, it's absolutely insane that it's already at the end of the year. And since I'm in Texas, uh, our uh, temperature swings are really uh, crazy. And so one day it's like super nice, and the next day it's like 40 degrees out, and that's what it's like right now. So I'm recording in my office, and it feels like an ice cave, for sure. So uh, if I die of hypothermia live on air, don't worry, you'll get to hear it. Um, I don't know what that would sound like. Maybe I'll just shiver um, profusely and then just keel over, and then I'll just uh, just be dead silence for 30 minutes. But hey, that's what I do, right? I, just, I bring you guys the best <laughs> in entertaining uh, podcast. So, um, yeah, it's uh, super cold over here, but uh, I hope everyone else is doing well. Um, you know, I uh, hoping, you know, your 2021 was successful and it didn't fly by or anything, uh, super fast. Uh, I'm hoping everyone's had a great year so far. You know, it's a lot, um, less crazy than last year for sure, but, uh, it's, you know, it's, we're trucking along through this pandemic and, you know, we'll just, we gotta take it week by week. Right. So, uh, but crazy that it's November. And even crazier that we we are getting a Marvel film at the beginning of November to kick off um, the kind of holiday season and kick off the end of the year uh, with a big bang blockbuster known as Eternals. Uh, before I get into my thoughts on what I've seen online from it, um, I would like to say that uh, it is crazy to me that just, what was it, seven months ago, I don't even think seven months ago. It was like five months ago, right? Or six. Uh, Chloe Zhao, the director and uh, co-writer of Eternals, 
she won her Oscars for Nomadland. Um, she won director and it won best picture. So she has uh, two of them. Uh, and she won those in April, I believe, or was it March? Um, time is just uh, a blur at this moment, folks. So I could be talking about Oscars that happened five years ago. My brain wouldn't even know. So, But no, it was uh, earlier this year. And it was crazy. She was holding those two Oscars. And it's just like, wow, her next film is going to be a gigantic blockbuster with Marvel Studios uh, entering Phase 4 uh, with new characters. Like, that's insane to me. But <clears throat> her pitch uh, was that she wanted to tell the story kind of like Prometheus, except from the point of the engineers. So that was her pitch to Marvel. They liked that, so they rolled with it. And let me tell you, before I even get into the review, it's a huge dice roll. Um, this is it's an experimental film for sure uh, from the Marvel formula doesn't have any um like full-on marvel structure to it it's it's got shades of it for sure but this is one of those things where i cannot believe they did it but then again they made so much money from the infinity war saga you can kind of do whatever you want right just try 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 some weird stuff see what happens but um yeah uh seeing uh seeing close y'all go from the oscars to this was is it's awesome I'm, I'm very happy for her so after I got done watching it, I remember thinking to myself, okay, so here, you know, this is my thoughts on it. And, you know, I, I want to see what people are thinking online. And so online, people were divided on it. I saw a lot of people that just did, absolutely hated it, mostly the top critics. Then there were some critics I followed that were neutral with it, um, wanted more out of it, but still appreciated it. And then there were some critics, very small group, that absolutely loved it. They loved how different it was and how wholly unique um, this film was compared to the rest of the Marvel films. Very, very fascinating kind of bird's eye view of everything going on. Um, <clears throat> and I don't interact with any of that stuff. But I found it funny that Variety kept posting a story every 20 minutes going, the Rotten Tomato score is dropping. Oh my God, it's getting close to that Rotten score. And you're like you guys get paid to put up these articles? If that's the case, then you guys need to hire me because uh, my grammar is terrible, but I could easily come up with some BS article about how a movie's RT score is dropping. Um, but yeah, I the discourse on this movie has been incredible. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a Marvel movie get this much attention, flack, praise, anything. Because even with like Black Widow, um, people were dogging on it. It's usually film Twitter, like the uh, the bad side of it, that will take an image or a scene and just be like, this movie's garbage, look how garbage the CGI is. And it's like, I'm not going to disagree with you that some of the CGI can be worked on a little bit and the composition could be a little smoother. But taking a scene or uh, an image out of context like that and just say the whole movie's garbage is completely irresponsible. And it just makes you look like an a-hole. You have not seen the movie. Or you just don't care to. But you, you feel like you can judge it off of one one screenshot or a clip. It's just it's very bizarre to me how a lot of people dogpile uh, these movies. And this is not coming from someone that just watches Marvel only. Like, I watch all types of movies. And I love big blockbusters. I love indie films. I love movies that cost $2. I love movies that cost $200 million. Um, but it's just very bizarre to me that 
people will just go after one sector of the film industry and just completely just shatter it. And I'm like, I, I just, I don't understand it. Um, so, uh, you know, just kind of observing it from, from afar, um, uh, I don't think I've seen this, this bad of a, a discourse on any Marvel film, uh, or even a blockbuster in a while. Actually, Dune had some similar problems online, people going back and forth, whether they loved it or hated it. So maybe, maybe this is like the new normal now. Uh, it's not just Marvel Disney. It's like, it's with stuff like Dune too. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I guess someone needs to kind of sit me down and talk to me like I'm a five year old, and please explain to me why that sector of film Twitter is it just feels rotten, and I don't know why anyone would like to be a part of it. Maybe I'm just getting older and I'm not as jaded anymore, but I just don't feel the need to like completely just crap on a movie for months like that. It's very weird to me. Uh, you know, if I don't like a movie that much or like I just think something's okay, I talk about it once and I move on. I never like bring it up again and pull screenshots or clips and just be like, look how garbage this, this crap is. And it's just like, what does that accomplish? Are you just an angry person? You got to let out all your rage on some movie to where the people involved with it don't even care <laughs> like what you think. Like I just... I, I, I don't know. Uh, and they might just be teenagers. I have, I have no clue. But if they're grown people, that makes it even weirder. But I can't tell half the time because most of the screenshots and most of the people I've seen, you know, uh, that go after stuff like that really harshly, they are they have avatars in their profile pictures. So I can't tell, like, if they're adults or not. But it seems like they're children. And if that's the case, then maybe they'll grow out of it. But um, if they're grown people, um, look how garbage this... $200 million movie is from a screenshot. It's just like, what does that accomplish, folks? Um, I don't know. I think I'm just I'm just exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted from looking at it. I'm exhausted from just watching it unfold. It's the same people over and over again, just complaining and complaining. And I'm like, oh, I get like if there's warranted criticism, if people are like coming after you and like there's death threats and like, you know, other nonsense like that, absolutely it's warranted to go after, um, you know, people or, or whatever. Um, if you give out your honest opinion and people just like, commit, like, that's not cool. But if people are just trying to be a dick to be a dick and just like, look how bad this is. And then two hours later, yeah, this is so bad. And then two hours later, yeah, what a bad movie. And then they get the hits and the retweets and that's all they do for months. And I don't know, maybe it's the fandom on uh, the Marvel side that is aggressive and they're just falling into that bait because they could just be trolling. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on it, but just watching it from the sidelines, very, very just strange how people just overreact and get crazy like that. Um, guys, calm down. It's a movie. <laughs> you know, uh, I might get passionate about movies every once in a while, whether I love it or hate it, but I actually... I have no like ill will towards anyone that made the movie or anyone that has the opposite opinion of me. Uh, I don't go on Twitter and just bash the movie constantly for months. I just don't understand that th thought process. If you're if you're in the game to get clicks, cool. You're not genuine to me, and you are, you know, do your thing, I guess. But uh, yeah, so a lot of thoughts going through my head about just seeing how divided it is online. 
I think some of the criticism is warranted because this is a very different movie than any other Marvel movie that has come before it. You're asking an independent film uh, filmmaker to come and make a film that costs like 200 times the budget they're used to working with. Um, it's going to it's going to have some independent kind of filmmaking influences, and you know uh, I understand people's criticism too long. You know it's not um, there's a lot in it. It doesn't really uh, flesh out anything. It's boring. It's just all exposition. Like I can get some of that stuff. Um, I guess I'm I'm just more uh, talking about the like, people that just literally screenshot something or pull a clip and just say it's garbage and have um, no other context uh, outside of that. Just, it looks garbage. They spend so much money on this and it looks like it's just green screen cinematography. Okay, I mean, if that's your argument um, for all of them, like, once again, I understand that that stuff can be a little janky, but not enough to, like, completely just trash something like that. Anyways, off my soapbox. Um, but this is the most divisive one I've seen so far. And I've never seen a, a Marvel movie get into the rotten score. I, like I said, I follow big critics. I follow smaller critics and, you know, people that have influence online. And, you know, I've, I've liked seeing the different reactions to this movie. All the bad ones, all the good ones. Because I want to know people's thoughts on it. Because it, it is, it feels like an experimental film for Marvel. So really exciting stuff. Um... Yeah, and so I, I'm, you know, regardless of what I'm about to tell you guys on what I thought of the film, uh, I'm, I'm seeing it a few times, so I'm going to fully get, like, a grasp on it and just uh, let all this information soak in even further because there is a lot to discuss when it comes to the plot, the characters, and just the story moving forward in the MCU. Um, but that's exciting to me. I, I love when movies like that can kind of get your mind going and get you thinking on, like, what are the possibilities out there, so fun stuff um yeah so let's not waste any more time let's dive into it when we come back from the break um uh we will be going over eternals non-spoiler uh review and then uh, i'll i'll give you guys a warning we'll talk about some of the spoilers and even the in credit scenes and then we'll uh we'll end the show so uh yeah and um i guess i forgot to mention like stuff i've watched this week didn't really watch much we watched the paranormal activity movies one, two, and three, which I still think is a great trilogy, by the way. A great trilogy. Anything beyond that is garbage. But the first three are actually really good. <laughs> so we watched that for Halloween, but that's about it. So, oh, and of course we watched Last Night at Soho. Uh, Last Night in Soho, and that will be a, a, a separate review that you guys will get. But yeah, that's about, nothing nothing too crazy this week. So yes, when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about Eternals, non-spoiler edition. So I will see you guys then. Welcome back from the breaks. So let's draw. And welcome back from the break. Let's dive right into it and let's not waste any more time. Let's break down Eternals. The saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. That is your plot right there. Pretty vague if you ask me, but that's typical Marvel. They keep it pretty close to the vest. 
But with that plot description, it kind of gives you the promise that they're going to go across many parts uh, throughout time. And that's kind of exciting because you have no idea where it's going to go, what time periods they're going to actually be a part of, and then where they're going to go moving forward. So all exciting stuff for sure. Going into this, obviously, if you guys know me by now, I like the MCU quite a bit. Um, I'm always looking forward to the next chapter, uh, whether it be new characters like this or another chapter in um, an, uh, an, another established franchise. Like, you know, we got the fourth fourth Thor coming up. Boy, that's going to be a tongue twister. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm excited to see where they want to take Phase 4 and beyond. And with, you know, Shang-Chi kind of kicking off Phase 4, that was a great movie. Um, really at the at its core it was like a fantasy film even my wife kind of pointed out when we watched it, it kind of felt like harry potter which is really uh interesting so and then this one looks extremely different from everything else we've seen so far yet again so it seems like phase four is going to be experimental but i think if you made that much money doing the infinity saga you can kind of do whatever you want at this point and i trust kevin feige uh to make the right decisions in terms of which characters to pick and which stories to pick uh moving forward so you know, the trailers didn't really give away that much. Um, the pitch that Chloe Zhao, director Chloe Zhao, uh, had to uh, Marvel Studios was, think of this like Prometheus. And instead, it is from the perspective of the engineers. Cool. I'm on board. I like Prometheus. I just admitted that. Uh, so do, do with that information what you will. But yes, uh, she wanted it to be like that. And so that got me even more excited. And then the critical reception came. And then the Rotten Tomatoes score came. Then it dipped to Rotten. And then people started freaking out. And then Variety made an article like every 30 minutes about it dropping. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about the Rotten Tomatoes score? Honestly, it, it doesn't sway me either way on any movie I see. Um, but I do find it interesting that this is the most divisive one. And with all that divisiveness online... It has now led you to this point. And what you're doing right now is exactly what I've been doing for the past two weeks and scouring the internet for all types of perspectives on this movie to kind of understand where people are coming from. Whether they loved it, hated it, thought it was okay, or whatever. So let's not waste any more time. Let me tell you right now, after watching this, I am on the side of loving it. I really do. It is something wholly unique for the MCU. It doesn't feel like it goes by the MCU formula whatsoever. There's shades of it for sure. But this is something that is completely out of left field. Um, it's very dialogue heavy. A lot of exposition. A lot of drama in it more than usual. It's a romance at its core. There's little action to it. And it's two hours and 40 minutes. How is the general public going to take this? I, I have no clue. Hopefully good, um, but if it's bad, I appreciate the swing that Marvel Studios took on this. Because, yes, this is going to sound like an oxymoron, but this feels like an independent film. Yes, the budget is in the hundreds of millions of dollars, but everything from the way it feels to the way it kind of unfolds to, to the way it like takes its time. Which is, is, which is weird because they're under a time crunch in this movie. And it's it's really huge in scope. But at the core of the entire story, it's about these characters and like what they're going through. And it takes its time. 
and kind of unraveling these characters for us and how they work together, how they work solo, what's going on in their head, everything. And I, I love that. It's a very reflective piece <laughs> on uh, the Eternals. Um, you know, they've been alive for for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, and so it's interesting to kind of kind of get their perspective on like what's going on, on Earth right now. So, uh, oh, and on top of all that, the consequences and the the dire situation that they're in is the most uh, life-threatening thing that I've seen planet Earth go through uh, with this franchise. So that is that is something as well. So let's start with director Chloe Zhao because what I think she does is she does add a unique flair to this movie. She adds a breath of fresh air. I like seeing the MCU formulaic stuff. Don't mind it as long as it's well told. I really don't care. But this movie is so off from what they usually do she really added a a simplicity to it and a beauty to it that um, I found to be quite striking. So, you know, she utilizes a lot of on-set locations. Yes, that is what she's known for, and that adds uh, quite a bit to the story. It feels like there's more weight to the story being on these locations and really feeling the vastness throughout time and, and history and these characters going from one location to the other. Like, you feel the scope and the vision that she has for for Earth, and it, it feels massive. It feels like it's bigger than anything they can handle, and um, I really appreciated that. And that goes hand in hand with the cinematography. Absolutely gorgeous stuff, utilizing wide, beautiful, just kind of just organic nature shots, and it just it really adds to the setting and the mood and the atmosphere. And I really enjoyed that. Second thing that Chloe Zhao did really well was balance the the scope of the movie, which is very, very large, not only are they dealing with a celestial that's telling them what to do, which feels, I can't even comprehend how big the celestial is, but it's, it's a massive being. And also like, you know, being stuck on earth throughout all this time and, you know, them making their impact everywhere they go. That's a lot to handle. And the, the stakes at the end of this movie are so dire. I was actually I was panicking because I, I was I was thinking like maybe they won't make it out of this. Maybe something bad is going to actually happen. And of course not. They got to make more movies. But the way it does end, it um, maybe sets like a like a precedent for the future on how bad it's going to be. So that's also exciting. Um, but she's dealing with all this stuff, right? You know, you know, with these characters being throughout time and like uh, being across all scopes of the earth. That's all great. But what Chloe does really well is make us care about the characters. It's an internal story. It's it's a very small story at the same time. It, it deals with this small little group of immortal beings that are going through the trials and tribulations of being human and growing to uh, uh, to care about their fellow humans on earth because like they're sent to earth for to do a specific mission they end up falling in love with falling in love with the species good and bad and so they start to develop feelings and kind of understand and be empathetic and that to me is the the heart of this film is to really kind of understand all these beings and how they uh, perceive humans and how uh, they want to help them or how they're not going to help them it's just Everyone's got different viewpoints. And then also at the uh, same time, you have a romance that's happening. A really, really well done romance. I was actually kind of shocked 
that uh, they uh, put in that sex scene uh, in a Disney film, in a Marvel film. Good for them. Uh, so, but I, I like how Chloe's perspective is on romances and just love and you know being close with uh, with someone else and like she really kind of captures that that warm tenderness uh, and love between these two people. So let's jump into the performances here. Uh, I thought as an ensemble, this was a really interesting blend of actors and actresses that I never would have thought would share the screen together. Um, it just doesn't seem like they would work well, but every single one of them does so well with the chemistry between the, them as a group and their solo performances. I was kind of blown away. Like Chloe Zhao really pulled some great performances out of these actors to make us really care even more about people that can't even die. Um, I mean, they can die, but like they are still immortal at the end of the day. So it's going to be, it's going to be hard to care about um, things or people that don't have a expiration date and they can live forever. So you have to make them interesting. You have to really write them well, but also have these performances that are just kind of so powerful that you you believe every single thing that they say and you're really just kind of entranced by their performances. And I really do think that everyone does a great job inhabiting their characters and really utilizing this world and just playing around in it. And it just, it, it feels right. It feels like everyone that was casted was casted well. Uh, Jim Chan as the main character and even Richard Madison, Madison. Richard Madden as the uh, kind of almost co-lead. Um, they, first of all, they have dynamite chemistry. Uh, um, you can really feel that love between them. And that really helps their their romance story uh, at the core of this film. But also, they're just great leaders for the uh, for the ensemble as well. Angelina Jolie um, doesn't have too many moments. Uh, but she kicks ass. Uh, she... She's just a movie star. I mean, she she uh, she has shown us throughout many many films that she can uh, do action really well, but also kind of play with the drama a little bit as well. Like I said, there's not much, but I think what she she does is um, is acceptable for sure. Uh, Salma Hayek, um, she's really not in it that much either, but she makes an impact, and I, I really appreciate that. Kit Harrington um, is not in it that much, but I'm excited to see where he goes with Richard. Um, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, a standout when it comes to the comedic relief uh, while also having a very compelling story um, and just kind of seeing where he chose to be uh, on Earth after they were done fighting the Deviants and he wanted to go off and do his own thing. That was really interesting to see where he went because I'd probably do the same thing and uh, be in the entertainment space. So uh, good for him. But yes, I, I really appreciate um, his kind of comedic relief uh, that was desperately needed in a lot of scenes considering this is very heavy uh, dramatically. So uh, Leah McHugh plays Sprite, the the small one. That that performance to me was probably one of my favorites uh, next to another one, uh, next to another couple I'm, I'm going to mention. But uh, she really kind of brought this, um, this perspective of, of always being a kid and never really being treated like an adult and like how that bothers her and uh, how she never really fits in with certain people. Like, I get that. You know, it's 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 something that 
all kids go through. And I think when you're an immortal being and you're coming to Earth and you're trying to do all your missions and stuff, you're going to kind of pick up on that. And you're going to start to develop that type of, um, um, you know, emotional pattern of feeling left out and not feeling like you're uh, one of the, the group because you're a kid and, like, the age difference and everything. So a really great uh, performance from her. I, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, hers. <clears throat> Brian Tyree Henry, also really great. Um, you know, he, he does what he, he's also comedic relief, but he also has a couple moments that really um, kind of, uh, you know, affect, affect his character and everything. But other than that, not really like a standout for me. Lauren Ridloff, um, she was wonderful. Um, she um, plays a deaf superhero, which is interesting. I don't think we've seen that in major cinema before um but i i loved her performance so much because she was just someone who you know she played by her own rules she she was very independent and she broke off from the group um a couple times and like you can just feel like like she'd be fine and like she just there was a there was a warmness to her when she was in the group like she was kind of like the glue uh to the whole entire group so um really enjoyed her Barry Keegan, probably my favorite, uh, as Druig. That this man right here, the the impact that he has in all of his movies that he does, it's just outstanding. He he knows the assignment, he delivers it, and he he does it in spades to where like you just want to watch him for like two hours straight. Uh, he is definitely my favorite performance uh, of the film, and he even has a relationship with uh, Lauren Ridloff's character, which is also sweet and charming. So. I appreciate that. Uh, Ma, Do Ma Dong uh, Siak, uh, Gilgamesh. Uh, he kind of plays the kind of Hulk character. He, um, you know, he does well. Uh, without spoiling anything, I wish I could see more. I'll just say that. But yes, uh, the, it's a very, very dense movie when it comes to the cast and the story. And there's a lot going on. And I understand why people might be turning against it and saying like it doesn't cover as much as it should and like it feels kind of flat and it really doesn't deliver just for me personally i think everything kind of came together and it worked out just fine the the um the threat level of the villain and earth almost being destroyed that i could not believe they took it to that brink so that was that was really great to see it moves along the mcu uh, in a way that I don't think we're going to expect because it's going to get way more uh, deep into the space trenches with characters and everything. So that's exciting. Uh, it was a really great um, reflective film uh, about what they've done to society uh, and how they are interpreting themselves. Uh, it, was, it was really great to kind of see them be reflective on certain points in history and how at some points, they feel like the bad guys. So that's what's really great about the Eternals. They're kind of in that kind of gray zone a little bit. But I still care about their journey. And I care about like what they do. And they're just trying to figure it out as they go. Because there's someone controlling them at the same time. So they're also trying to figure that out. Um, and so I really liked the, the dynamic between all the, the characters. And then I like the romance and the action sequences. I forgot to mention those. Those were also really well done, really utilizing everyone's powers. Someone's got speed, someone's got super strength, someone can shoot laser beams out of their eyes and they're super strong, and um, one can um, conjure up uh, objects 
Um, so everyone's got their unique skill pattern and it really um, uh, is effective in all the fights. Really great to see. Uh, I know a lot of people are sharing around stills of the movie saying the CGI is terrible. Yes, is some of the green screen work a little funky and it's it's not believable whatsoever? Yes, but it, that's not enough to um, downgrade a movie for me. Um, but the action sequences and the CGI, really well done, especially in that third act, bonkers stuff. And seeing that on an IMAX was jaw-dropping. So, and then the last thing I want to talk about is the music. I know I've, I know I've been rambling, but um, the music is spectacular. It's from the same... A gentleman that is Game of Thrones, Westworld, and it kind of feels like Game of Thrones. And we have two Game of Thrones stars in this film. It's very epic, it's sweeping, and it really just adds another emotional layer to the story and like what's going on. So, score is outstanding. One of my one of my faves of the uh, MCU for sure. So that is my non-spoiler review of Eternals. Uh, please let me know what you thought of the movie because I'm actually curious whether you hated it, loved it, all that stuff. Um, so yes, please let me know, but that will do it for the, uh, the whole show basically, unless you want to stick around for spoilers. Um, I don't know when the next show is going to be, I'm going to be gone on a trip for a week. And then when I come back, I have the ghostbusters afterlife screening. And then that's pretty much it, uh, that I got lined up. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know when the next show is going to be, but, uh, I'm hope I'm hoping to be back, you know, relatively soon. But just give me a couple weeks because after I come back from my trip, i got to figure out what I'm going to do next. But uh, yeah, so if you would like to go and not hear any spoilers of Eternals, uh, thank you guys for joining. You guys are amazing. And I'll see you guys whenever the next episode drops. Um, so three, two, one. Let's dive into some spoilers. So if you have stuck around and you don't mind listening to some of the spoilers, um, including the end credit scene, uh, you have been warned. I'm about to talk about everything. Uh, so here we go. I'll talk about the end credit scenes uh, first because I actually think they are not as consequential as the third act in this movie and no one's talking about it. So the end credit scene, the first one, um, does have Harry Styles in it. He is He shows up as the Prince of Titan, I believe. No, Prince of... Uh, what is Thanos' homeworld? I think it's Titan, right? Anyways, he's the brother of Thanos. He um, So there's three Eternals left. Three of them get snatched up by the uh, Celestial that's looking after them. Like, hey, you disobeyed me. Don't do that. Uh, and then he takes them away. So the other three are looking for for them. So he comes onto the ship and he's just like, hey, I'll, I'll help you find them. I'm, I'm Thanos' brother. Very random. Uh, and people are losing their minds over it. I'm kind of whatever to it. I, honest opinion, I don't mind Harry Styles as an actor. I really don't. Um, you know, he had limited screen time in uh, Dunkirk, but that limited time was fine. And it, it showed me promise. So Marvel's not going to just throw someone popular in because they're popular and they'll get people to watch their movies. People are already going to watch the movies. So he must have screen tested or something to where... Kevin Feige or, or casting director or whomever was watching the tape or the audition was like, yeah, that actually works for this type of character. So, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't lose my mind over it. Uh, my wife did cause she's a Harry Styles fan, but for me, I'm just like, cool. Like that's a nice, like uh, little epilogue into the, uh, 
future of the Eternals movies. And, and, you know, at the end of this movie, it does say Eternals will return. So I don't know if that will be a sequel or if they're going to pop up in the Thor Love and Thunder movie or Guardians 3. That actually makes more sense. But, um, yeah, uh, that end credit scene is whatever. Oh, and there was a troll that he, he had, kind of like his uh, little companion, that was voiced by Patton Oswalt. That was really funny. But, um, yeah, I that end credit scene didn't, like, doesn't do anything for me. I know people are just losing their minds over it. Once again, I'll get to why what I think is the most crazy thing about this movie that no one's talking about. But the second end credit scene um, has to do with uh, Kit Harrington's character. He opens up a box, and there's a sword in there. And it starts speaking to him, so you know it's definitely a possessed sword. And then there's a voice in the background that says, like, uh, are you ready? Or I don't think you're ready for this or something. I thought it was Benedict Cumberbatch. I thought it was Dr. Strange talking. My wife has a good ear. She was like, no, that's Mahershala Ali. I was like, oh, so that was a blade introduction uh, off screen. Crazy. So not only is all this cosmic stuff going on, um, we're also going to have the supernatural stuff happening at the same time with uh, stuff like Moon Knight and Werewolf by Night and you know, uh, Blade and now this character with Kit Harrington that we don't really know much about. Um, we just got kind of a taste of it. I, I, you know, that one got me more excited just because I like Mahershala Ali and I'm curious about the Blade movie. But once again, just kind of like, oh, that was nice. Um, okay, so those are the end credit scenes. You know, I'm curious to know where they're going to go with it, you know, on the ground level and on the cosmic level. Why is no one talking about the fact that there was a celestial inside Earth that was about to break through Earth and Earth was just going to shatter and completely be dissipated? How come no one is talking about that? So in the third act battle... There's a Celestial that's being born. I won't get into specifics because there's just so much. And I, I feel like I'm going to miss something. But it's basically like the Celestial that sent them to Earth. Um, we're supposed to let humans kill. Because it, it gave the Celestial inside the Earth energy. And the Celestial that was over them was trying to um, make sure the new Celestial is born. Because they you know, they die and rotate out every millions of years. I once again, it's a it's a very dense exposition, and I saw this movie like two weeks ago, so please bear with me. But yeah, and so the celestial being born, and he's like, when it cracks through Earth and it breaks through, Earth is just going to shatter, it's just going to explode. Oh my God! So uh, billions of people just die instantaneously. So like this is even worse than Thanos' snap and deleting half of the universe. At the end of the battle. The celestial hand actually comes up through the ocean floor and up onto the surface. And like half of the head, it is massive. And they they kill it in time to, to stop it, right? It's frozen. It's not dead. So is this like a foreshadowing thing where like this is going to be the quote unquote end game of this whole universe? That the Celestial will just break through Earth and just kill everyone? Because that's what almost happened. Kevin Feige could have just like been like, no, they actually fail. And like the Celestial breaks through and the Earth is just gone. Like That kind of blew my mind that they were taking that threat level to that extreme. And it almost worked. So that Celestial is frozen. 
And so it's going to dethaw or someone's going to reactivate it. <laughs> Maybe even uh, another celestial knowing like what the Eternals did and everything. I don't know, but like that's like super dangerous. If that thing dethaws and like it starts like climbing up again, Earth is gone. There's You cannot go back unless you turn back time. And so that that to me is the biggest one the biggest spoiler um you know there's a lot of uh characters that flip in the eternals group uh you know because they're just like no we need to adhere to our master's plan with the celestial and the others are like no you're going to kill earth we don't want that there's a lot of people we love here so there's stuff like that that that's kind of like not surprising it's like yeah people are gonna flip i am just more kind of blown away by the, the third act battle and the fact that the celestial is not dead it's just frozen and it's going to dethaw at some point and like that is that the end game of this universe like i don't know so that was the part that you know kind of made me like just super like nervous and like wow where's this gonna even go and then of course you know the celestial like you know takes the uh three eternals and just kind of goes away that's also shocking because i didn't see that ending coming at all um and you have no idea where they went so yes a lot of questions that are definitely unanswered but i love the kind of path of the unknown that they're carving out especially with the cosmic stuff like one of my friends has been kind of um giving us a, a kind of uh a, a lesson in like stuff that goes on in the cosmic kind of side of the mcu with like ravagers and you know celestials and all that stuff so um maybe they're going down that path um super excited to see but that's kind of uh, just some of my thoughts on the spoilers uh for eternals um really nothing else to add that like was shocking or whatever um yeah some of the eternals die um i wish they didn't because <laughs> the ones that did die i'm like man i really wanted to see more of that character but um other than that really nothing else to to add so yeah hopefully you guys enjoy it um uh, hopefully you have a lot to say after the movie's done tell me that i'm wrong you know i just told you guys that i loved it and uh, i'm hoping that there is someone out there that just doesn't like it whatsoever and lays out the points because i would like to kind of understand um and maybe that someone loves it out there can also let me understand because it's hard to it's hard to talk about it, there's just a lot going on so but hopefully uh, I didn't stumble too much or, you know, whatever. And hopefully you guys got the, the gist of what I was saying. But that is my spoiler section of Eternals. Now for the official ending of the show. Um, thank you for joining me on episode 335 of The Real Man Cole in a Movie Podcast. I am Chase Lee. Don't know when the next episode is going to be. Might be a couple weeks, but, you know, I gave you guys one a week for like the past month or so. Um, so I felt really proud of myself. So I can't wait until after I come back from vacation to hit the ground running and give you guys more content. So... Look out for that. You guys are awesome. Please spread this episode around. Let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to. And that will do it for this episode. Goodbye, everyone. Stay safe. You guys are amazing. Goodbye.